Hi, you're listening to the Playing Full Out podcast, episode number 22. Why what you're bypassing is likely blocking you. If you've recently felt unsettled, agitated, drained, or sad, you are not alone. Discomfort, negativity, and uncertainty are emotions that are very common today and have only been amplified in light of the global pandemic, national civil unrest, and economic disruption. And I have felt them too. While these feelings are common, the counterintuitive process I share to support you in dropping the fight with these feelings is not. In this episode, learn how to use a strategy to release the stress and to stay connected to yourself without numbing out or running so you can break through. I'll even share a personal story to show you how this looks. Let's do this. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. Hello there, my friends. This podcast is for all of you who wrote and responded to a monthly journal that I shared about some of my recent experiences and feelings and which I was having this period of feeling really unsettled and drained and agitated, overall just high anxiety, and these feelings were not passing. Well, this topic seemed to hit something for a lot of people, and I think it's especially important to bring it up, address it, and perhaps expand on it in light of the many pains and massive grief that we are going through nationally as a result of the brutal death of George Floyd, the pandemic that's been with us globally, the challenging conditions with the disruption of lives and what that means for people economically. And this really isn't a commentary on these topics, but instead addressing and looking at what we do when we experience feelings of unsettledness agitation, feeling drained, even really raw grief. I began my reflections of it on this in my monthly journal, and I shared a little bit about my reasons for feeling that way. And quite frankly, actually, for the several weeks that it was going on, I didn't understand. I didn't know what was happening. What? Why am I feeling this dull anxiety consistently? And this was before the outbreak of what's happened across our nation. I actually had in my newsletter identified that there were little fires everywhere before there really were little fires everywhere. I I was using a metaphor and before we had it literally, there had been things that had hit me that week before, which felt like shots across the bow when I had clients and colleagues and friends that were having real tough and difficult experiences. One had lost her son, 13 years old. Another had lost her sister in her uh, battle with depression. We, my One of my teammates had contracted COVID and then a uh, stroke as a result. And it just, it kept feeling like there was a lot of things that all of a sudden had my, my anxiety heightened. 
I received a lot of emails that said, I never thought you got down or experienced dark times. Heck yes, I do. I am as normal and as human as all of us. And and what happens too often is that we resist our feelings or we try to bypass our feelings. Right now, I see a lot of people bypassing their feelings. And the way we do that is by drinking, overeating, overworking, numbing out with whether it's Netflix or social media. These are our defenses that we use to bypass and avoid the feeling because on some level, usually unconsciously, our brain is interpreting these feelings or something around them as a threat. The emotion is a threat. So the interesting thing we know and what our research shows is that our ability to process these feelings and emotions, it's otherwise known as emotional competence, is the highest indicator of a person who is successful and happy. So again, it's it's one's ability to process emotions, ourselves and others, is the best indicator of a person's success and happiness. But because our culture is uber-obsessed with doing an accomplishment, when we feel bad, we try to eliminate that feeling as quickly as possible. We want to use a strategy. That's the temptation that when the brain stresses or senses a negative feeling, it sees it as a threat and it says, I'm going to squelch that feeling, that threat as ASAP. So I am a lady who can fall as fast as the next when I am not operating in awake mode. And awake to me means that I am reacting. It means I respond when I am awake. But when I'm not, I'm, I'm re- reacting to avoid a feeling. And instead of doing what I'm about to tell you and describe to you in a moment. Now, as I was just starting to say, there are two types of strategies when you're moving through anything in life. The first is well-known and is a performance strategy. That is what performers and achievers and our doing culture is used to, which means let's find the active solution to fix or eliminate this negative experience that we interpret as a problem. Now, the other strategy is the one I want to talk about today, and this is not as well-known. It's super not leveraged, and it's more important and powerful to living from our true selves and in in the flow that so many are looking for. And that's called the acceptance strategy. And I'm going to explain what that looks like by sharing a story when I used it and how powerful it can be to turning around a situation. It was about 16 years ago when my oldest daughter was about seven or eight months old. She was able to sit up and we started to recognize signs of what appeared to be some neurological issues. And It was unsettling, to say the least, and I recall that my husband and I were relatively newly married, and he was extremely scared. We were sending her to a lot of of doctors and um, getting a lot of tests done, everything that you could potentially put a child through, she was going through. We worked on getting the best insurance and insurance policies changed so that we could get to better doctors, and 
in time, there was this was going on for months at a time, actually. And I, I recall seeing my parents and who live out of town and seeing how concerned when they watched her, she would thrash her head around and, and the doctors just couldn't find or determine what was happening. So we continued on, it wasn't an easy identification or diagnosis. And we in that time, what I decided was that I'm watching all these people who seem like they're not able to handle it. And what I went into is my default mode of over-functioning so that I didn't have to deal with emotions, which I previously always valued as unproductive. So it, it takes time to process feelings, right? I mean, we have to actually sit down and, and, and get to the center of things and we have to feel them. And that to me was very unproductive. And I used to abide by productivity is supreme. So, and I still can when I get into my default patterns or or default behaviors. So it's something I have to be very conscious of. But here's what I learned during this time. And and, and what what I did is after about two or three months, it's probably two and a half months, I was feeling stress of, of unbelievable levels. And I went up to my office, sat in my chair and got quiet. And what followed was an incredible release. I had all the feels and felt all the feelings and released them. I acknowledged them and I accepted them as opposed to denying and resisting. And through that, I would like to say that doing that brought everything, brought me around to calm, but it didn't. I had that experience. It was probably five to 10 good minutes of it. And I took out a piece of paper and I wrote down and asked myself the question, why is this here? And what is it here for me to learn? And my pen seemed to take over and wrote down 10 reasons why I was having this experience and what the feelings were there to tell me. And the feelings that I exposed, they were around issues that I was didn't feel competent or capable of taking care of a disabled child and fear of being a good mother. And was I qualified to do this work? I, I went on and wrote down 10 things that seemed to be 10 truths. And the truths were the counter to what I just said, which was, I am indeed qualified to take care of a disabled child. I can drop my work. My work is not my identity. I can slow myself down. And what evolved after going through and and identifying that really the root of my pain is that I was able to experience a calm on the other side. What I learned is that by acknowledging and accepting the feelings, only then can they have a chance to shift and pass? And that once you do that, you are in a sound state of mind to then access more intuitive and intelligent responses to your problem. This can be in any area or category of your life, be it business, work, or community. And here's what's real. Acceptance is not resignation. Acceptance is actually a strategy. It's a paradox that the more that we follow and allow the feelings to come up, that the less that power they have, because we usually tell ourselves, well, if I let myself feel that, I'm going to spiral out of control. When really, if we shine a light on them, or as I like to say, lance the boil, 
if any time the, the pressure of a boil, <laughs> to give you a really foul um, ex- example or ex- foul, foul metaphor so that you remember it, is that if you can lance that boil, the pressure is released. If you go into it and allow yourself to expel and, and, and name it for what it is, that there is actually a calm that settles in that you no longer need to fight because we know that what resists persists. So if you keep fighting it, and this is the thing is like after three weeks, even in my current day, I was like, okay, you know what it is you have to do. You need to go sit down. You need to get quiet. You need to be real and get honest with what you're feeling so that you can expose what's true, what's not true. And and it's sometimes difficult to get lower into it. you know. And during the time of my uh, child's challenge, and I can report to that, what was unbelievable that after I had this experience, we were back at the doctors and the doc, we, well, first of all, something that we recognized is that she just stopped. She stopped. It, it went away. And, and, and in part in my work, you can make a correlation that I no longer needed to learn the lesson. I was getting what I needed. I had accepted that I would be the parent of a disabled child. I had accepted that I would not be working and I'd attached too much value and identification with that. I had accepted that I was being called and to evolve, to evolve and slow down. And so through that acceptance, I no longer needed her to show up in that way, possibly. The other piece is on a very physiological real level, she didn't show signs and the doctors couldn't describe what had happened. So I wanted to make sure I reported that she is good and well, but that I, we had this three-month experience and that I learned a key to really achieving anything or experiencing anything is that we have to, it, it really relies on our ability to ex- access and process emotions. It's important to know how you to process and, and feel emotion because it's always a temptation. It's often to push it away or to miss, to judge it as something that's external to us, something is happening to us. And that's the reason we're feeling this way. It's not that it's happening to us. No one's attacking us. No one's battling against us. It's what meaning we're giving it to, giving to it. So if you think about it, achieving our ambitions or our best selves would be easy if we didn't have emotions. It's the anxiety that we create around the emotions that really keeps us stuck. So if you can learn to be present with an emotion without reacting to it, if you can learn how to process a feeling all the way to the end, you're going to understand how to live life to a higher level. This can take you to goals and aspirations that you've wanted before but not been able to achieve. And, and it, it, it's amazing and profound at how quickly things can transform and change on the ex- external or outside when you've really moved and shifted uh, resisting the feelings internally. I had examples of it all week from clients who are things that they've, they've, they've wanted or wanted to experience or levels of peace that are, are, are flying off the shelves because of their ability to do exactly what I'm telling and talking to you about right this minute. You have to have the emotional competence to stay connected to yourself without numbing or running so that you can create whatever it is that you want, whether that be your, your dreams or your ability to step up to, to bring your brilliance to the world that is so desperately in need of it. 
A lot of us are trying to escape our feelings of stress and we don't need to. Even when the brain scares you away, you can stay. We can sit with it so that we can understand it for what it is. And then when we know that, we can be in charge of whatever we need to. We can actually, when it's really, when it's true or clear, we can be in charge and take control of things from a much higher level and not keep repeating the problem or blaming or saying, why is this happening to me? It's, it's, it's a deep process. Like I said, I did that on my own at that time. Today, I help people do it because, and, and, and I, I, it takes an honesty. It takes a wanting to know and wanting to, to dig out the wart of the root, as I like to say, because we all know that if we don't dig out the seed of any wart, and we just cosmetically take it off the top, it's going to grow back. It's going to show up again. You can't outrun it. And if you're like me and you've gone through periods like I'm describing, a feeling out of control or you can't make traction or you feel constantly unsettled or that you have a lot of anxiety or you can't think your way to an answer, and this has been going on for some time, I encourage you to be still, to get quiet, then ask yourself what feelings are you having and what are they there to tell you? You may notice this when you're in pain, like I said, and it's you're blaming someone else. You might be asking, why is this happening to me? But then not really listen for the answer because it's really never about someone else or that someone else screwed up or that you know better, that something's going wrong. It's really about the feelings underneath and what thoughts or meanings, again, you're giving to them. We have to be willing to sit in discomfort long enough. We really have to be willing to sit in the discomfort long enough. It's, I, I remember long ago, in my, early in my work, and, and I do tons of work on, my, on myself because what I also know is on the other side of this emotional competence and awareness is a, is a load of freedom and peace that that I hadn't experienced before. So I, it's, it's, it's a pursuit that myself and my clients go through to experience life being at its fullest, as well as us being able to contribute at the levels that are needed and that make us make lives that matter. As you saw with me, it would be easy for me to misinterpret feelings. For example, feeling I was doing the right thing by holding it all together and saying, I got this, or I know what to do. I've got control of this and that's what's needed in this, this moment because others are not showing up. Understand, is that really coming from an openness to lead or is that coming from righteousness or arrogance? I was lacking a willingness to get help, to really listen to others who were saying something different than me or what that I wanted to hear. So you have to keep going down and have a willingness to expose and be honest about what you're really feeling. And the way to do that best so that you're not fooling yourself or your brain's not fooling yourself is to ask how it feels in your body. And I know that's a little bit different, but if something makes you, when you think it feels contracted or tighter, or you might feel it in your head, know that that's probably not the true, the true meaning or the true feeling. When you're feeling a feeling and it's you feel expanded or it's easy or relaxed, then you know that it's the truth. 
And that's what we're here for is to operate from our truth rather than from our fear, to be more dedicated and devoted to our ambitions and our personal truth than we are to our fear. I was about to describe that early in my training, I went through a series of exercises to expose what could potentially be my greatest limitation or that thing that would get in my way. And what what I was led to through a series of questions and exercises is that my limitation would be opposing discomfort, that it would be to be running from discomfort. And what we know is that it is important that we get comfortable being uncomfortable, that we get comfortable being uncomfortable. We can do things that don't feel good. We can do things that are difficult for us because of our brain's wiring that tells us so. And that if we can sit in the discomfort, if we can sit and be uncomfortable, it will move and pass. It will move through us. So when just notice your attachment to being comfortable, because if you notice that, then you're going to start to see where you're probably playing games of bypassing your feelings and acknowledging what's really happening. So if you're stuck, if you're feeling feelings that you don't want to feel, if you've been in a period of not liking where you're at, first of all, no, it's always temporary. But the, the, it's. I would encourage you not to just use your arsenal of strategies to bypass the feeling, but instead to go in this time and to really let it just come up, acknowledge, feel it, keep questioning until you keep getting down to the roots if you need someone to support you, you can look for someone who's who's good at that or willing to be honest to to share and expose. Because on on the other side of emotional competence and honesty with your feelings and acceptance and acknowledgement of your feelings is a freedom that allows you to open up and achieve and experience greater things in your world. What I know for sure is that it's not our job to avoid all pain. It is our job to acknowledge, feel, and move through it without it controlling us. I look forward to talking to you in our next podcast. In the meantime, I encourage you to go feel your feels. Darkness, which is grief and despair and shame are all feelings that we have And if we let them flow and not get stuck, they will move through. It's a part of our life that's meant to be embraced. Even if you don't like the way you're feeling, instead of outrunning or fighting it or fleeing from it, take stock, hold, ask yourself about it, reflect, and let it move through you. In the meantime, and until we speak next, be well and be at peace. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast.